it is really sad to be looking across the stage at somebody that, you know, you done fucking split cans of tuna with and y'all can't even have a conversation. You know what I'm saying? The only moment y'all have is because we're just here to serve each other to get this money and then we walking apart. So it's like we're you can't even enjoy the success. When you ask that question, you know, was the success not enough to sustain it? I don't think it was enough because we just weren't having fun. We weren't enjoying each other. I know a lot of us joke that Twitter can be totally useless, um, that it's just a bunch of idiots run wild, a cesspool and blah, blah, blah. But let me tell you about that time that Twitter introduced me to what eventually became two of my favorite groups of all time. So I was bored on Twitter one day and I asked Twitterati, give me the names of some folks I should be listening to right now. Fact is, I'm old. My body's weary. I ain't up on the hippity hop like I used to be. So maybe three or four people told me I had to get on this group called Foreign Exchange. Had never heard of them, but I figured, okay, let me see what this foreign exchange is talking about. I downloaded the album, Leave It All Behind, and man, listen, I think I listened to that album front to back for a month straight. So then I went back and downloaded all of their other stuff on Michelle Obama's internet. And once I got down that rabbit hole, I discovered a guy named Fonte. Uh, He was in the group Foreign Exchange, and he had this other group called Little Brother. Hadn't heard of them either. So I thought, let me see what this little brother talking about. What's this? The listening? Bet. I'm on it. Minstrel Show? Let me get that one too. And just like that, I had discovered two of my favorite groups. So today's episode is personal for me because I may not have been on Little Brother and Foreign Exchange from the beginning, beginning, but when I got on it, they made me a true fan for life. So it's my pleasure to welcome my homie, the one Drake credits as the person whose style he copied, Fonte, a.k.a. Tigolo. And our conversation was so good, we had to break it up into two parts. So up next, part one, Fonte on Jamel Hill is Unbothered. Fonte, I don't know if you noticed, but you actually played a small part in my husband's courtship of me. Are you serious? I am serious. Okay. So basically what I'm trying to say is you helped him out. Wow. Um, Foreign Exchange performed in Detroit on Valentine's Day. This that was the true. first time I met you, right? Yeah, um, I remember we took the picture. Yeah, we took a picture ever, and everything, right? This is 2015. And my husband, who was not up on you then and up on Foreign Exchange or whatever, I had to, I had to educate him. I had to educate him, right? Wow. Um, he was then my boyfriend, of course. And so he took me to see you as a Valentine's Day wow. weekend. And it was a great weekend. He even decorated our hotel room all romantic. I had wow. no idea. I was did super he, surprised. Did they do the thing where they take the towels and make it into a swan or some <laughs> shit? He did not do that. <laughs> he didn't go that far with it. go that far with it. But <laughs> okay, he went man, far enough. <laughs> so let's just say it's a memorable weekend for a lot of reasons. I got to see Foreign Exchange for the first time. And I got to meet you for the first time. Wow. And, you, and look at And us look now. at where I am now. I feel like Paul Rudd. Look at us. I look at look us. At, look at us Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Both of us married. <laughs> you, you took the, the plunge before I, I did. I took the plunge in 2017. I took the plunge in 2017. Um, yeah, that was my, that was when I got married. It was, uh, it was in November. Yeah. And, um, 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much Number been two my life. for you? Number, number one two for me? No, one yeah, and only. And hopefully one and done. I'm hopefully, I'm, we sitting there, <laughs> I, I, got all, I got all my prayer warriors in the streets for you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate hopefully, that. Hopefully this is one and done for you. Yeah. And hopefully um, it's two and out for me. We ain't, we done. <laughs> yeah, because if you get it wrong now, it's like. <laughs> it's on me. It's, it's all he can yeah, do. Yeah, there's a common denominator in both of these, and it's me to fuck up. <laughs> right. So if this doesn't work, then we know who to blame. But, uh, but nah, we happy, we cool. My boys are. What are 19 they now? and 14. Nine, I can't believe you got a 19-year-old, man. Me neither. Me That's neither. crazy. I was risking it all at a very early age. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we're going to talk about that. We got a lot of things to talk about. Of course, um, the the reunion album, A Little Brother. Yes, your which work, features. Which features myself. Man. Yes. Oh, yes. I got to be on, I, you know, it's the hottest show in the country. Y'all no. may have heard of it. It's called Niggas Hollering. So... <laughs> Matter of fact, you're tuned into it right you're now. Right, this is going to be a version. This is an episode of that. Um, so yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about that album. Of course, I gotta, I gotta get downloaded fully on Foreign Exchange. Yes, and um, definitely want to talk to you about No News Is Good News, which that year that was my favorite album. Oh man, the whole Thank year, you so much, like wow. the whole year. Wow. And if you haven't downloaded it, that's your problem. Make it a priority for sure. But before we get to all that. Let's argue. Let's, let's argue. holler. Let's get it. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's holler. Let's because holler. you tweeted something. Yeah. And by the way, he's a great follower on uh, on Twitter because you just dropped these just bombs. Like you <laughs> you walk away. Right. And then walk away. Like you retweet. Like we perform in here. You know something. A review a little brother or review a, a some a foreign exchange. You'll you'll tweet. You know things yeah, that are pertinent promo. to. You do some promo. Right, you yeah. do some promo, and then you'll be like, by the way. Boom. And you're like, <laughs> so in the middle of all this promo, you dropped. And if I'm wrong, you can correct me right okay. now. You all dropped right. that Bad Boys 3, which I also just recently saw. Okay. Was better than the first two Bad Boys. Yes. And I just got to challenge you on that because no, well, I'm here to be challenged. No. I'm here to be challenged okay. and sharp. So why do you think this is the case? <sighs> okay, listen. All right. First and foremost, let me give you a little context. Okay. I didn't see Bad Boys when it came out in theaters. So I saw it. I mean, you know, it would come on TV and I like watch a little bit. You mean the original little, bad the boys? Original, okay. The original. Um, so I watched a little here, there, whatever. So it wasn't until a couple nights ago. Well, I guess maybe this was uh, maybe like a month ago. Uh, we were all home for the holidays. My son was home. My older son was home. And he was like, we was looking for all something, a family movie to watch on Netflix. So I was like, y'all ever seen Bad Boys? Because at first I was going to show him paid in full. I got to give him with the classic. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. I love that you said, let me show up a good family movie. Yeah. Paid in full. Yeah, paid in full. Hey, listen, man, that's an epic saga. Of, of, listen, we, we need to see that. That's that's tell black stories. Right. So I was going to show up paid in full at first. And he was like, well, dad, we already watched paid in full over at my homeboy house. I was like, all right. And so then my, you know, he was like, well, man, well, what about bad boys? I said, y'all never saw bad boys? And he's like, nah, we want to see it before the new one. I said, all right, cool. So this is all of our first time. I think with this episode, my wife, she had seen it like when it came out. But this is all of our first time. I'm watching it for the first time as a family, me and my sons. And probably about like a eh, maybe like an hour and a half into it, my son is like, yeah, dad, this ain't good. <laughs> I was like, nah, it's not. It's not. What? It's not. So we got through it. And the thing about it is this, man. Bad Boys was always, all of the, the Martin and Will, they legends. Bad Boys was always basically a rehashing in some ways of Lethal Weapon. It was just, it was a, it was the buddy cop formula. We got the the hot head cop that's want to be super nigga. Then we got the, the wash nigga that's just too old for everything. Like, so it was basically black Lethal Weapon. You know what I mean? Not that Danny Glover wasn't black. He was very black. But you feel what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. So, you know what I mean? So it was like, okay, we, we know kind of what it is. 
But to me, the third one, this it was the best one because it was the only one that had like a real story there. And even in interviews I've read with uh, Martin and Will, they both were just saying how this time around they wanted to make sure that the story was, you know, kind of something that was substantial. More, su more substantive. Yeah, more okay. substantive. Because, I mean, you know, you could, so because the first one, the first one, I don't even remember. I remember parts. I remember like the the, the girl getting shot, the, the, the call girl chick, the black girl that got killed. Yep. And then they're shooting, and then they're... You like, forgot your boarding pass. Yeah, that, yeah, that, I remember that line. And then Bad Boys too, because I, I made a double feature that night. I was like, well, while we're here, let's just go ahead and, you know, I'm about to take this okay, edible. So let's go on two. two. Two, that shit was bad. That shit was worse than the first one, because that wasn't nothing but just a bunch uh, of damn... You know what? Listen, let, this is when I kick you out the Look, studio. Man, that, that shit wasn't you no bunch of damn shooting and shit blowing up, and then Dude. I looked up and them niggas was in Cuba. I was like, man, get the fuck out <laughs> of here. They had to go to Cuba to... <laughs> To kill Johnny Tapia, man. When them niggas went to Cuba, that's what I was just like, boy, You tripping. Let's just omit all logic right here. Yeah, it was... It, it was so many funny one-liners and so many scenes that are funny. Well, Even I, in the first one. I, two well, bitches I, in the sea. Yo, no, nah, I wasn't... Yeah, <laughs> I just... Well, oh. Let me be clear for this. I, I never thought... To me, it was never... Bad Boys was never funny to me. It was humorous. It had moments of humor that, like, helped to punctuate from, you know, the serious shootout killing nigga parts. But... It was never, just to me, it was never laugh out loud funny. So with that said, I didn't walk into the third one with the expectation of it being funny. I was just like, okay, this is a buddy cop movie. You know, we're we, we going to see some shooting, some blowing shit up. Let's see what else we got. And I really enjoyed the story of it. Like, we all we went to see that one as a family, too. And we agreed as a unit. Like, yeah, this 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 y'all hot as shit. Now, I will say this without spoiling anything. I don't know how they gonna pull off this bad boys full shit that they trying to do. Yeah, with I see the, that character. Well, yeah, nigga. Uh, <laughs> after all the shit that nigga done did, and now you gonna try to? I know. Nah, I know. That, that seems a little thin. But for what they got, bad boys three is the top one. So I'm glad you made the lethal weapon comparison because I would compare it to that too, and. It took the same, and maybe it is one of those things, because there are certain movies that if you don't see them at the time... Exactly. It, a lot of it tends to lose it. Like, it's certain movies that don't age well. Now, I've always thought that Bad Boys 1 and 2 age okay. well. I mean, the two... Man, you ain't laugh out loud with Reggie when he came when to the, the door. When Reggie came to the now. door, was, that was cool. And then they cool. brought Reggie back in 3. Reggie, I, yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, so Reg, Reggie comes Reggie back. Reggie is in 3. Reg, Reggie Sorry made if you it. ain't seen it. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> right. I, yeah. think we're, I think we're a week out. I think that's like the spoiler. Yeah, we are now, but see, when this airs... And we may be it, further be along. Four, yeah, so, it may be oh, further yeah, along. So, so we're like, yeah, spoiler. nigga, Reggie back, and he gets spoiler alert. Reggie back, and yep. he gets married to the to the daughter. To the daughter, right? So, so Reggie back. Yes, Mark is a grandpa in 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 three. Yeah, I mean, it was like the Reggie scene, um, the fact that they were looking at a partnership that might be on the brink of breaking up, mm -hmm. and all those things. It was very similar to Lethal Weapon. So here's why I think they made a mistake in three. Okay. Um, a couple mistakes actually. One is I think it should have had Gabrielle Union because if you remember, oh, that was that was because. She was dating Will. She was dating she Will, was and there was a lot of tension there because Martin didn't want Will dating his sister, you know, or whatever. And uh, I think that she brought a different and a great, a greater chemistry between the two of them. It reminded me, you brought up Lethal Weapon, of when Renee Russo, Renee Russo yeah, popped yeah. up she as came in. Mel Gibson's love interest, and they were at eyes at first, and they got together, yeah. and then she became a part of the family. I thought they should have followed that track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the, the girl, I forgot the, I don't want to say her name wrong, the actress that plays... The head of the unit. Of the that they unit in three. The new unit right. in three. That's yeah. like his new girl. And but it was it just kind of, really, it didn't really match. There was no chemistry there. Exactly. There no chemistry. That's I why agree. I was like, they 100%. should have brought her back. And then it would have been, you know, everybody would have been like, okay, we get it now. Yeah. And they could have still had this 
other storyline that is significant in, in three. Uh, fuck it, I'm gonna say it. Look, Will got a baby. That's what happened. <laughs> uh, uh, if y'all ain't seen it, yo, I don't know what to tell you. She spoiled it. I spoiled it. Me, you can blame me. Sorry, me. you ain't sorry. Right, okay, okay, okay I, so it's out the bag. All right. And, yeah. then, and you know what? In the intro, I will I will say spoiler alert. Okay. So if they want to skip this part, they can skip it. But yes, Will has a child yeah, that and, he ain't know about that is a stone cold ass killer that be whooping his ass and 70% now they of this movie. To use this, the work. I'm like, bro, y'all just, this nigga done clap judges. <laughs> Judges, this nigga killed, he killed the he captain. Killed he killed the captain. He like, killed his own captain. Yeah, and he like, like, you know what? It makes sense. Me and you teaming you know up what? together. Why don't we try to work with Thanos? Yeah, <laughs> nah, well, bro, it ain't gonna work like that. They were also clearly trying to build a a really large, a build a world mm-hmm. around them. I did what I did like about them. To your point about storyline is, and I thought they did this really well in Lethal Weapon. Look, Mel Gibson wasn't gonna be. You know, roundhouse kicking motherfuckers forever. Yeah, you it gotta just wasn't. slow down. You gotta it's not slow down. Happen. At some yeah. point, it's gonna catch up to you. You ain't gonna be the baddest dude on the block. And, and you have to change the way you solve problems. You're not gonna just run into burning building like. You're kind of showing how, like, you know, and I thought they did a good job of that, I too. Showing they did a really how good job of that. the old school and the new school, like, they kind of need to work together. So when he was, when they were at the bus, then, and Will Smith noticed, like, yo, it's the no money in the back. The bag yeah. is light. No, so y'all knew need to, we got to run in some here. Some shit was about to go But around. then it was the other scene where the, the young kids, Will was like, yeah, we going to run in. And he was like, fuck that. Nigga, we got drones. We got drones. Yeah, like, we we don't run into nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was dope. And yeah. I, I thought, but so yeah, to me, the story of three, I was, I, I'm with it. I like three. That was my favorite one of, of the three. It's to me, it goes. Uh, what you got? Two, two one, is the, three? Two, I think is the best one. And okay. it, I'm going to say. Hmm, was three better than one? But see, it's hard to let go because I saw it in the theaters. You saw it at I the saw time. all of them in the theaters. So it's hard for me not to go two, one, three. Yeah. You know? Because um, at the time, those buddy cop movies that were kind of frivolous, light on story, that was a thing. No, nah, that was, that yeah, was, that a, was thing. a whole ass genre. But when I. I I'm with you in the sense I don't think it ages as well. I think three will age way better than one. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah one, like, I mean, I and again, it was our first time we all watched it blind. And this is when my boys and. Yeah, my 14-year-old, he's like, yeah, dad, I almost went to sleep, but I was standing up for Will Smith. <laughs> but, you know, kudos and credit to you because you weren't wild by the first two and you still saw the third one. Yeah, I, yo, because, yo, man, Martin and Will, yo, I love them dudes, man. Them cast is legends. For them to have just made it as long as they have in the game, and especially, like, what Will is doing now with yeah. him doing Instagram and, like, his... Will is, like, the, uh, America's the, life coach. He really is. He like, really is. His progression and growth is, like, really outstanding to see. Yeah, so, I mean, so I got to support them brothers, man. You know, even if I didn't like it, I mean, I still wouldn't saw it. But um, but I really did enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm happy to see them get that bag. Well, it's... Um, uh, it's perfect that we're talking about their reunion because now we can talk about your reunion. <laughs> you like how I did that? Um, that was smooth. Nice said Yes, that. that really that's smooth. why they pay me the big bucks. So, <laughs> Rats. it had been years, had uh, been literally years. years and years since uh, Little Brother was back together. And last year, you guys um, really surprised your fans. What's well, to some degree? Surprised I know you, ourselves. You surprised <laughs> yourselves. And, and we're, we'll go through the whole backstory of how this reunion manifested. And you dropped May Lore Watch. Again, one of my, I have like five bias, albums. Bias, no, bias. I, look, <laughs> if your shit was trash, I wouldn't even just say, I wouldn't even bring it up. I would just say, <laughs> so you released an album and then we just move on. <laughs> Keep it going. But um, no, May the Lord Watch was one of the gems of 2019. Nevertheless, your fans have been clamoring for this forever. So let's break it down to the very last compound. Okay. 
how the fuck did y'all fall out in the first place? This was 05, right? This was yeah, 05, I want to say. Oh, yeah. 05-ish, I mean, okay. 05, so y'all fell out after minstrel show. After minstrel show. That right. was the last time that the three of us won out, me pool and I. Right. Um, th- there's, I mean, God, there's like a several reasons for it. Um, we have a documentary on all this shit coming out <laughs> soon. So we'll be... Up- Officially telling like the whole. So y'all story really are the reincarnated version of Tribe Called Quest. Man, listen, but <laughs> except we, for y'all ended, I mean, we, y'all are together. Nah, right? Yes. Yeah, I, and and that was a driving yeah. thought. I can't lie, but um, but yeah, I think um at the beginning um you know and I've told this a lot of times before, you know when you just starting something when you young, you don't have conversations about how you want the end to look like because you can't even see an end. So you're just we were just making music, just doing records, you know, not even thinking about okay, what does this look like past this moment? Like, what do we want as a group? What do we want as individuals? We never had those conversations. And so when you go a long time without doing that, um, just tensions start to build and, you know, you see that, okay, this person wants something totally different from what I want, who wants something totally different than what this guy wants. And we just couldn't get on the same page. Uh, and, And not even just even beyond getting on the same page. We were just young and just stupid and just made a lot of fucking mistakes. Like that was, I mean, that's really people. Every time I do interviews, people talk about it and they expect just some big gargantuan answer like, oh, so-and-so was sleeping with his sister or something. Dude, I wish I had something that salacious. You wish I had something profound. And- yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it was just, we was just niggas being young and stupid. Just by the fucking line. <laughs> they, they rocket science. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, so things just, you know, it, they, they went left. Um, so the success that you guys were starting to experience wasn't enough to keep it together. Because a lot of people would have just been motivated to keep going, just like, we got to get this bread regardless of everything else. Everything else, yeah. Yeah. Nah, it wasn't, at least for us, I mean, because by the time we kind of started slowing down, Mr. Show was 05, uh, Get Back was 07, and at the time when we stopped, I mean, Get Back was like our biggest record. So Get Back had like opened us up to a a whole kind of new audience. And we were touring, our numbers were good. Like we could have kept going. And um, at the time, that was 07. And then in 08, uh, me and Nick did Leave It All Behind. And we got the Grammy nod. And it was just like, okay. You know what I mean? It just. Do I go back to this shit that ain't kind of working? Or yeah, do I, or do stick I with stay? It? Yeah. yeah. And it was just. And 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 honestly, and, and I can't even put it on, on foreign exchange. Because by that time, me and Pooh, we weren't even really talking like that. Like, you know what I mean? We were, we were literally getting on stage to do our shows and then we would just go our separate ways like that was that was it and um that well, just what is wasn't that like, a fun though, time to be in i mean you know performing with somebody is kind of an intimate experience yeah, so what sad. is it like yeah. it's, it's it is it is profoundly sad it is it is really sad to be looking across the stage at somebody that you know you done fucking split cans of tuna with and y'all can't even have a conversation you know what I'm saying? The only moment y'all have is because we're just here to serve each other to get this money and then we walking apart. So it's like we're you can't even enjoy the success. When you ask that question, you know, was the success not enough to sustain it? I don't think it was enough because we just weren't having fun. We weren't enjoying each other. And and um and, it, and it's really sad when things broke down to that point. And uh now you can really just see the difference now. And I feel the difference just, you know, in, inside of just the way we move now. We actually enjoy what we do and we do it on our own terms. And so doing something at 21 versus doing something at 41, 
is a world of difference. And so now, you know, we were able to just have the conversations up front, like, yo, this is what the run going to look like. We doing this, this, this. You want to do that? Okay, fuck it. I don't want to do that neither. Cool. Like we got, we got on page with everything and then we were able to make it work. And so it's just so much more rewarding now to not just have, you know, a business partner, but to really have a friend. And, um, that, if anything, I would say is just the, the key that's kept us in it. And, and that's what I always say to young people and just cats who want to get in the game. Man, the greatest form of success is working with people you love. Being able to choose your squad, you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't, I didn't come this hard and work this hard to have to work with assholes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't got to do this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So to be able to, you know, um, you know, we got like all of our, our payroll is our, you know, boys from day one, you know what I'm saying? Like the people we hire, you know, we able to employ, you know, a lot of black vendors, you know what I'm saying? So that to me, even though for the record, I fucking hate touring. I've told this a lot on Twitter. I hate touring. I don't never want to leave the comfort of my crib. You know what I'm saying? Like leaving my throat, my comforters and shit behind, man. Fuck all this shit. So I don't, I don't like that shit. I like, you know, I like my smoothies. I like my salmon. I like, you know, I, I, I'm going to curse them to a certain way of life. So I fucking hate touring. But the thing that makes it worth it is just being able to do it with your family and do it with you know, the brothers has been there with you from the jump. And, um, you know, that's the beautiful part of it. Smoothies and Salmon sounds like an album title. You know what I'm saying? SNS. <laughs> Don't ask, baby. <laughs> yeah, Smoothies and Salmon, yeah, that, um, that's like been my, like, kind of go-to lately. I do my, I do my, in the morning, I do, like, salmon and eggs. Then after my workout, I do, like, a protein smoothie. And then at night, I do, like, some chicken or fish with Look salad at that. or something. Look at that. Yeah. Um, you it's talked called to... 41. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, uh, it's a reason, um, you know, why they often say Father Time is undefeated. Um, at least from what I've read in interviews you guys have given, uh, apparently Fife's death had a lot to do with Absolutely. why you guys decided to reunite and just, I mean, not reunite, I'm not even talking about as a group, but no, just, just like, as homies. Just, just yeah. as homies. So talk about how his death how, why did that turn on the green light for you guys? Man, I think that was because the first time it became real. Like, so, you know, when, when we were working, this was, you know, we had kind of fell out. This is like, you know, 2007, no, ninth left. Then me and Pooh kept going up until like 2010. And those 27, 2010, those years were just, you know, it was, we were working together, but we weren't in it together. And so um, finally, you know, we did the last album and then we just both just collectively just said, fuck it, and went our separate ways. And um, so then around, you know, it's 2011, I mean, me and Pooh, we didn't talk for like a good, like four or five years. You know what I'm saying? Like we just, we we didn't talk at all. And um, I was at the house, I was at uh, working at the house, I was actually working on, I was working on some foreign exchange stuff. And um, Carmen, Rogers, who sings with us in the band, she was there. We was working on some stuff, and Fife had passed, and um, you know, and just I remember just being really, really sad that day, like just really sad, and um, because Fife was, you know, it again, we had always seen death, you know, happen, but Fife, and I've said this before, Fife felt like ours, like he was out, like this was one of us, you know what I mean? And it's one thing like to see your parents die; it's one thing to see. You know, your auntie or, you know, grandma got the sugars. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, they're going to they take a toe this week. Like, if it's, it's, we used to that shit. But, you know, your man, like, to see, like, someone that, you know, is kind of written into the fabric of your musical, you know, background. And, like, 
God, man, that shit was, that was just devastating. And so, you know, I just remember being really, really sad that day. And I was just like, and I was telling Carl, I was like, man, I've really been thinking about pool a lot. And she's like, you, you gonna call him? I was like, well, yeah, I think I, I, I'll reach out to him at some point. And so then Pooh texted me that same day. And he was just like, yo, man, I just wanna let you know, I'm thinking about you, bro, I love you, man, regardless of whatever. You know, let's rap. I said, all right. I said, I hit him right back immediately. I was like, yo, man, I love you too. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's get on the horn. And we got on the horn and we talked about everything. We talked for about like four or five hours, just straight, just just running down every every grievance, every, yo, man, I'm sorry that time I took the last blue Eminem. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like all that shit. We ran down everything. And um, and that was, you know, that was 2016. So even from then, from 2016 to 2018, up until the time we started working. We were just in each other's lives. We was just homies. Like it was no music. It wasn't. I was saying it wasn't about the music. Nah, we didn't yeah. do no music. We didn't do not one note of music till we started working on the album. And uh, but just in those like two years, it was really us just kind of getting to know each other. And that was something that I just again I always stress to young artists coming up. Man, get to know the people that you work with, like, and get to know them in a way that goes beyond just the job because they can be great at their job, but they could suck at everything else or they could be great at their job, but their vision for what they want may not align with your vision. And y'all got to talk that kind of shit out. And it's easier to have those conversations early because success, success is like a, it's like a bandaid, you know what I'm saying? And it can hide a lot of bullshit until it's gone. And then it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> so, so yeah, so get to know the people you work with. That shit is important. Now, when you guys decided to reunite, it came together kind of haphazardly, right? It did. Yeah, it did. We was in uh, we was all at the crib. We was all in um, well, I I live in I'm in Raleigh, and uh, Pooh is in Charlotte, and uh, Ninth he's in Raleigh. He's in Wake Forest, but we were all there. And so, um, is a festival in Durham called the Article Festival. Um, soul, you know, soul jazz hip hop festival run by uh, my man Suleiman. And so he hit me and was like, the, the lineup was supposed to be Erica Badu. It was Royce, Erica Badu, or Royce, Nas, then Erica. That was the lineup. And Royce didn't make his flight. So Suleiman called me and was like, yo, man, you want to come and do the show? You know what I'm saying? And I'm literally like at home in my boxers, just chilling. <laughs> like I ain't doing nothing. And so it's like, a, it's a Saturday. And so I said, all right, man, well, let me see what I can do. So long story short, I ended up calling all the guy I called uh, my DJ Flash, my tour DJ. I, he wasn't answering. I hit knife. I'm like, "Yo, you want to do this? Like, you know, you, you want to DJ for me?" He was like, "Yeah, I will do it." I said, "Well, shit, well, man, what if we got Pooh involved?" And he was like, "Oh shit, I don't know, bro. You don't know if you want to do that. You sure you want to do it?" I was like, "Man, fuck it. Like, this, you know, this is once lifetime opportunity. Like, we can really just fuck people up. Like, it'll be fun. Let's do it." So he reluctantly agreed to do it. Call Pooh. Hey, man, you got to get here now. He had to come from Charlotte, which is like two and a half hours away. So long story short, yeah, it all came together within the span of a few hours. And we just jumped on stage and did it. And so after that, that just kind of lit the conversation of, okay, well, where do we go from here? You know. And but y'all knew that people were, they really desired to see you guys back together. You know what? You don't know it until you know it. I'll be real. I mean, you know, one thing I will say, you know, just about releasing music and uh, doing stuff in this era you know where records just fall from the fucking sky you know you never know you don't know till you know and every time you put out a new record you are essentially starting over you can't ever assume oh you know i did 
two million on this last one. So, nigga, I'm good for at least 1.5 on this. No, you ain't. You ain't good for shit until you see what you're good for. So, you know, it was, again, I, I didn't know it until, I, I didn't know how real it was until we put the album out. And, you know, we went number one on Apple Music. I was like, oh, wow, okay. So I guess they loved us. They care, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. They actually care. So what was the process of putting together May the Lord Watch like compared to when you all used to do music before? Man, it was um, it was to this date, and I think I probably say this for every project, but every project, this was um, May the Lord Watch was hands down, it was the hardest I've ever worked on any album. Like, it was the hardest. Um, Is that it, because you knew that there was a certain expectation? Um, yeah, I knew, well, it, it wasn't so much the expectation on, from the audience. Um, it was really just the expectation for myself. You know, the thing that I've always just kind of lived by, um, in my art is just, you're not going to be harder on me than I am. So there's nothing that I can hear from, uh, from a, a critic or somebody on Twitter or anything it's not you can tell me that I haven't told myself at some point in time and then had to beat out of my head. <laughs> you feel me? So, you know, by the time we get to, the, to where the record is done, to me, you know what I mean? It's just me, Pooh, would probably have a different perspective. To me, the shit is bulletproof. You know what I'm saying? And not just because I got, you know, faith in my skills and my abilities, but I know that I I left, I coach you, I left it all on the field. I gave everything I had. So... Love, hate, or debate, I did what the fuck I came to do. You know what I'm saying? I did. I know I did my job. So, you know, you always want people to receive your stuff with, you know, with, with open arms. And you want it to be, you know, critically acclaimed and all of that. But to me, um, a big shift that happened just in my creativity in my, you know, 30s as opposed to my 20s. You know, I used to take rejection very personally. And um and then and I think it was actually me starting to work in TV and and like you know doing voiceover and stuff that really helped me shift out of that because you know in TV if they hire you to do a job to write a song for something you just write a song you send it and they say oh, okay well nah this doesn't really work and you just write another song you know what I mean it's it's not that that song you did was the worst song ever and you can't write songs and. Oh my God, I'm talentless. You know what I mean? It's just, hey, nigga, nah, that ain't it. Come with something else. Yeah, come with something else. We ordered the steak, but we wanted medium rare. You cooked a little too long. You know what I'm saying? You pull another steak from out that bitch. So I just make another steak. <laughs> so for me, so that's kind of where I am now. So, um, you know, I don't really take it, you know, personally um, because I know I put everything I had into it when I made it. So, yeah, it, but it was tough. I mean, you know, it was um, the first album, first LB album that I actually like mixed and engineered. You know, we recorded at my crib, which was very convenient because it kind of just, we could kind of live the album as opposed to recording it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If that makes and sense. And it helped the fact that you don't really like to leave your house so that it was even there better. There it is. There it is. I'm up under <laughs> my comfort mixing set. tracks, nigga. <laughs> With my salmon in one hand and my smoothie on the other side. <laughs> you sound like a real old ass Sort of millennial man. Yeah, listen, I, listen, man. I, a comforter, a smoothie, like an HGTV well, dog. That's well. Listen, HGTV or ninety day fiance. That's what. That's what hey, it is. You ain't on love after lockup. Yeah, I gave it up. I what? was on it. I, it, it, yo, it got now, too retarded. I have officially derailed this conversation. Yeah, I, you listen, can't give it up. I couldn't. It just now. Nah, it, it, it just got silly. It's I the was best watching shit on the television. Chick, it was the I can't remember her name. It was the webcam white girl chick. With like the big lips and like the fucking 
the, the fucking she looked like Stifler's mom, but she had like two kids. And she was fucking with the two jail niggas. Like yeah, one was yeah, out, yeah. and Lacey. I think one was Lacey. Yeah, yep, the goddamn yeah. Lacey. Mm-hmm. I was following the Lacey saga. I, I was I was sucked up. I was sucked into it for a little bit. I, I just had to let it go. I, you know Dude, what I mean? Now it's on. You know how they do. Now is like after, after lock, lock up. up. Right, right, right. Um, but where they go even deeper into their lives because my dude from Flint is back, man. The dude that had the black chick yes, and the are yes, you Megan and Sarah, he back. And oh, I was like, God. oh shit. Yo, it's a whole lot but of shit. But he was a king though, because he when he was like, when he when they showed them going into the bathroom together with him still in the ankle bracelet, I was like, nigga. Fellas, I just need you to understand. If you can't get a date, you have no excuse. There's a nigga with an ankle bracelet on that's fooling more than you right now. <laughs> you have no oh, fucking excuse. Oh, but according, I mean, based off the storyline where it is now, he got mad women across the country. Yeah, he's a whole famous. thing. It's a whole thing. But he was he was running that game while he was still while he was still while down. he was still percolating both of those situations. Ah. So it's a whole thing. And my other favorite couple. Ah. Yo, uh, my man Lamar from LA and Andrea from Salt Lake, the two L- black people. Land, this, on Love After Lockup? Yeah. You don't know about uh, d- dude. Which one? Lamar. She from she from Utah, right? And she a more. Yo, and she moved out to and LA. She moved out to to, LA. Oh my gosh. They yeah, back too. So, they're back? <laughs> yes. They Yo, was they, living, they live in a park because she came back to Utah. Yeah, because she a, left him. I remember she that. She left him and then he stayed in LA, but now she got him back in Utah. He's not living there. He's just on a visit right now at this oh point in the God. series. And man, let me tell you. We are horrible people for watching these shows, Jamel Hill. I see you understand. <laughs> we should not be laughing at these people's desperation this hard. But it's we all laugh. Well, I'm sorry. No, it, no, I'm listen, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not shit with you. That, but no, 90 Day Fiance, nigga Michael and Angela, the Nigerian nigga and the big white bitch from damn Georgia. Nigga, let me tell you something. That shit is must see TV. I'm in that hole. Okay, so what? I, I just started <laughs> watching 90 Day Fiance. Oh, and, listen, listen. Yes, I, it's the only DVR. I just oh. started watching it and I have been, I watch bits and pieces. Because yeah. the one thing about 90 Day Fiance, you don't need to... To, to watch the previous seasons. Like, you can no, just pick up. No, you can start right now start and right not now. miss anything. It's going to be just as Yo, dysfunctional Yo, the Nigerian well. dude. <laughs> <laughs> baby, when baby. He, he, he went to her goddamn ATM, and she told him to get out 300, and that nigga took nine. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, he's scamming, son. He's scamming. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I love it. You know, I love them. I, I will say justice for my man, Sinjin. So, there's this one, I don't know if you watch. So, Sinjin is the nigga from South Africa. He's, he's white. He's white dude. So he the nigga from South Africa, and his girl is Tanya, who is like from Connecticut. And I'm still trying to figure out what Tanya is. She looks like she's she could be like mixed with something or some kind of maybe she's some kind of Latina or something. I don't know. But anyway, so Sinjin was came from South, came from South Africa to stay with Tanya. Tanya decides in the middle of their courtship to go to fucking Costa Rica. She goes to Costa Rica for a month, leaving Sinjin to stay there. With her mom, so he's living at the crib with her mama. Oh lord, and that sounds like a disaster. Doing, Listen, she over in Costa Rica getting salsa lessons, dancing with niggas and shit. And I just watched. I was like, man, I hope Sinjin fucks her mom. <laughs> tell me that didn't happen. It didn't happen. Oh okay. I, if I would have oh, been right on the show, I was like, I need to go home and watch that right now. <laughs> that happened. I was like, hoping Sinjin would fuck because I just a humbling needed to happen. A humbling needed. To happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, yeah listen. Justice for my man Sinjin. He getting played. Justice. Um, it's the nigga that look like Naaman Bryce is dating the Dominican broad. Uh, he he do look. You got me. He got the Not name and protein. <laughs> he got sir. He, he sees the four naming with the ponytail. Okay, I just he, he dating the Dominican broad and that and she and he basically finessed her. He told all he was gonna do all this shit. And I got yeah, and I'm gonna get a new apartment and da da da. So she comes over. She come like I do not like this apartment. I don't like. I want that long you bedroom. I don't like the apartment. What is this apartment? You told me you you lied to me. You lied to me. So she pissed and shit. So then she admits to this nigga that she like fucking with bitches. <laughs> and he was so motherfucking hot, Jamel here. See, <laughs> like he was I so don't even want to watch the show. I just want to call you for recaps. <laughs> and here you just tell me what happened. Hit me and, up, and son. Then, yes, and Hit be me like, up. yo. And then this happened. I'm like, I'm, I'm in on it. So I think you need to add to your already versatile range. Ninety day fiance wrap like, up. You need to do ninety day fiance wrap ups just like this. So maybe I'll, maybe, maybe yeah, just, I'll be just, another business. Just, just put it out there, or at the very least, if they ever have one of them reunion shows, yo, you need to be. Be a that commentator. Shit. <laughs> you need to commentate and be like, "Hey, man, get your shit together." <laughs> Holler at me, uh, We TV. Uh, I think that no, that's uh, that's a uh, Lifetime. That's, yeah, like it's like no, it's no, it's no, no, TLC. It's, we, it's TLC. TLC. It's, yep, it's TLC. It's ninety days. Lifetime. Can we talk about how Lifetime is trying to be the real UBN right now, I know. <laughs> nigga? <laughs> they trying to be. They black. They brought from they brought from your network. Yo, yeah. Look, I, I don't. Again, we can talk about ignorant ass TV this entire podcast because I saw and that's that. Quite all right with me. I saw that Biggie Faith one. Nigga, let me tell you. Oh, something. that Biggie Faith. Did you see? Did you see the Andre Rising and Left? Yes, I saw that one. How, how did I not know? How did this '90s trivia escape me? I did not know that Left Eye and Tupac had a thing. I did not know that and either. And I didn't know her and Suge. Like, didn't know that like, either. I remember when she went to Death Row and they did. I remember the album. that part. I, remember, but I didn't know her and Suge were an item. Yeah. Yes. If oh, you guys haven't seen it, you need to get on that because the the Andre Rising Lisa left uh, Lisa left Eye Lopez is great. That the Biggie really good. Faith one is is very good as yeah, well. I didn't know her and Kim fought that much. No, I didn't know like first of all, Faith. I didn't know Faith had them hands like that. Nigga, listen, she put the paws on your <laughs> Faith ass. Faith was like hands literally and feet. right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Faith was beating bitches ass yeah, straight back up in the and day. Down. I, I look. I, I knew her and Mary weren't cool because yeah, of Lil' Kim. Yeah, I knew yeah. because of that. But, um, you know, I, I love Big. He, he, he might be my favorite. Nah, well, it's, it's, him, it's him or Nas. Either way. But Big, dude was messy. That nigga was wildin'. So when, and, and it was so funny. Like the, I mean, it was funny just watching it. But it was also just so sad because that was when you kind of realized how young they were. Yeah. Like, Big was Man, 21. Like, are you shitting me? Getting like, married. Uh, like, to somebody else whose career is on the rise. Who's on the rise, and then you get the girl that looks just like her to be in the video. The Charlie Baltimore shit was Char mad messy. That shit, oh, <laughs> she was mad nigga. messy. Like, Big was a wild nigga. I, I know, that, and this made me just even that more sad that he's not around, because... He was kind of coming to that grown yeah, man perspective. Yeah, we when never, he died. we never got to see what they were going to become. We and Pac, like yeah. that was just the sad thing to me. Is just like you never, you don't realize, you know, because I was, you know, we was in high school when that shit happened. So they was all old to us, but now I'm like, God, man, like 24. Yeah, you, when you, you look at the me? evolution of say like Jay Z, Jay Z, yeah. like nobody would have been like Jay Z gonna be the dude with three kids married to Beyonce. <laughs> when you look at him, and you know, even your, even your own personal growth, how our favorite rappers at a certain time in our lives grew up in the fact that they didn't get that. Cause I would love to see how they would be now. They yeah. probably be married with kids and like, yeah, yeah that was, was a, some wild shit about how I used to trick around on faith. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Let me, yo. And the thing is like, if, 
Big said that there's like footage or audio uh, uh, excerpts of the in, of him being interviewed in that documentary where he's like, yeah, you know, I got maybe one more album in me and I'm out. You know, just and the that, thought of yeah. being a 30 year old rapper, I can't create. And little so di- just back then to think that 30 was old. Was old to people. You know what I'm because no one saw it going that far. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there, I mean, there were no. In 97, I mean, how many 30-year-old rappers in the game were there? You know what I mean? So, it's, yeah, it was it was really sad. But but they are doubling down on the black content. Yes. They're giving us the salt and pepper documentary. Uh, the, no, the, uh, the, movie. Documentary, the movie. The movie. The salt, the salt and pepper executive produced by salt and pepper <laughs> together. I'm here for all of this. <laughs> They're giving us the Clark sisters. I'm here for that. The Clark sisters, you're correct. Uh, they gave us, uh, it was something else. It's something else black they gave us. I can't remember. <laughs> um, I haven't watched, oh, speaking of black shit. Oh, blackity black. Nigga, have you seen the, the the Tyler Perry movie yet? You have you watched talk, it? I have. I haven't watched it yet. We I gonna, haven't watched it. We're gonna take a quick break and we okay. will discuss this <laughs> afterwards. This was supposed to be a podcast where Fonte was breaking down his musical genius. Man, fuck all it's, that. It's now Man, you know who we're, for. Come on, now. Come it's on, now become extra blackity black. <laughs> that blackity black TV criticism, you didn't know and movie criticism, you didn't know you leaded you didn't it know in you your needed life. It. It's right here. We'll be back in a moment. More with Fonte. Is hardcore foreign exchange, little brother, and Fonte fans. We are gonna get back to some man, music. Man, y'all but- niggas got a mean other podcast y'all can watch that shit. We here for this goddamn blackness today. Okay, so a fall from grace. The Tyler Perry movie the Tyler that Perry he movie. shot. He shot in five days. Five days, which is apparently four more days than he took to write it. <laughs> Alright, so I haven't seen it yet. I just saw the nigga fake eating on the I was like, okay, I'm But yeah. did you see the did you see the lace front high top wig that my man that, that homie had on? Yeah, that was yeah, that yeah. As, as I told a friend of mine, that wig looked like it got a bill in somebody's five year old name. <laughs> because it's so bad. And it's just like, Tyler, you just opened this multi this like this and, billion and that's dollar as good studio. As you could do. And like really? so, okay, so what is the movie about? Okay, okay first off, there's Tyler Perry movie checklist. Does someone die of AIDS? No. Okay, Tyler no. Perry Bingo. No one dies of AIDS. No okay. one dies of AIDS. Uh, is the dark skinned guy <laughs> the villain? No, you would actually. Well, it's yeah, the, uh, I mean, if you, the, the dude with the lace front. Oh, he's, he's okay. a villain. Does like, a light skinned guy villains. come to save her? Or is it the. Uh, Ooh, a light skinned guy does come in to save her. Ah, I'll take that, that beach, but they cut me up, that son. It's okay. What yes, else? Um, um, how many times a, does Jesus come up? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. It is a broken black woman who. It, center space. Center space. <laughs> Free space. Y'all know what Tyler. You know, his movies carry a certain formula. All right. It's like watching James Bond. Yeah. You and know, you what's know what? Happen. And let me be clear. Let me be. And all, let me, just so people don't get it fucked up. Listen, man. I support Tyler Perry. I'm so proud of that brother. I'm, I mean, he really. He got it out the mud for real. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So. All love respect to Tyler Perry. With that said, with that said, nigga, we gonna, we let's get these jokes off <laughs> okay. now because we because if it, you know so we gotta protect from, the work. But I, I will give him credit. The plot twist, you didn't see it. coming. You didn't see it coming. Okay, this I, is one where you like for real. Okay, <laughs> okay. Tom. I mean, all the other Tyler Perry shit is in this movie, but you're like, okay, that twist was that okay. twist was whatever. And this is and where is it? Is this on Netflix? Yes, it's on Netflix. Man, I might have to play Dog, it home yeah, it's home. worth it. It's worth it. Okay. 
Text me as soon as you watch Nigga, it. Nigga, listen, if I, wa- I watch Boy Bye, so let's just you be clear. Boy. You know Boy Bye, the, the Marcus Houston uh, written movie? I'm so serious. I can't make this up. Boy Bye stars, uh, who's in Boy Bye? It's, um, not, I, it's uh, the, I can see her name, Wendy Raquel Yes, Wendy Raquel Robinson. Robinson. Yes. She's in it, and um, she plays as the like she's the you know the, the middle-aged black woman that can't find a man mm-hmm. and going through all her yeah, dating we so she meets that. a guy and you know whatever but <laughs> i mean the, nigga, the movie's called boy bye you know what it is so that leads me to my question jamel hill as a, as a black woman mm-hmm. you know at, at, at the age that we both are, are at in, in this stage in our life how did you go about finding love? Because the story I hear from my sisters out here is that it's, it's rough out here and this shit is trash. Um, well, what's always worked for me is not looking or not trying. That's real. That has always worked for me. Watch and, Pot Never Bulls. Ooh, that's damn, that's a that's a bar right there. I mean, I, you know, every now and again. <laughs> every now and again, you every got now, one. I got like I got like two hotlines. So me career. and my husband, we met accidentally. I mean, uh, I was a grand marshal of the homecoming parade at Michigan State where both of us went to school. Mm. Um but he's younger than me, so okay. I'm a cougar. And uh, wow. yeah, yeah, right. um, Minnie though, because he's only five years younger than me. And so we met at homecoming at the Black Alumni Tailgate. I met him in some blackness, and it, I was actually talking to a friend of his who was a friend of mine. I had never met him, and so I'm talking to this mutual friend that we didn't know we had, and he comes up, and we, the three of us, get to talking, and me, he and I are like sort of flirting a little bit, but we just left it there at the tailgate, and. Later on that night at the Black Alumni Party, of which MC Light was DJing. Hey! <laughs> Shout out to Light for bringing love together. And uh, I saw him at the party, and I was thinking to myself when I saw him, what are the odds that you see the hot guy that you saw earlier at the, the same spot. <laughs> so I did what women tend to do in those situations. With my eyes, I said, you better bring your ass over here. So that's your equivalent of shooting a shot. You looked at him? Yes. That's, I gave him a look. You gave um, him a look. Okay. As to quote my man Vince Vaughn, um, uh, I, I fucked him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's when this one, to use his term, bro, he came over, we started talking, exchange information, and the rest is history. But I always tell women that I think it's very beneficial for them to actually enjoy the dating part. Not dating part leading to a relationship, but dating just to date. Just, not, I, I just to date. They just have fun without the pressure and the stress and always feeling like it has to lead somewhere. It doesn't. It might just be... Y'all go out for three weeks and then that's it. And that'd be the end of it. And that'd be the end of it. It could be a month. It could be a couple dates. It could be a one night stand. Whatever is your flow, don't get caught up into letting your ovaries make bad decisions mm. for you. So mm. anyway. Um, I feel like the more you know, star just shot across the screen. <laughs> so that, that's always <laughs> been my advice. Like I, I can't, I, I understand how rough it can be. Some of it depends on how you socialize because I had this conversation with one of my girls. Um, she was the maid of honor at my wedding, my girl Kelly. And we, she, I used to joke with her about this all the time. Like Kelly likes like galas and going to like brunch and like mm, real, like yeah. cool shit to do. But I was like, girl, ain't no man gonna be there unless you try to hook up with a gay man. Like right, yeah, a gay man ain't gonna be brunching. at the art exhibit. That's, yeah. <laughs> now everybody brunch now. Brunch is like, brunch is shit. Really? Oh, no, brunch just, is not, it's not a gay thing at I all. I never, I just never saw the appeal. No, like, dudes just, is brunching. Rizzo, yes. dudes are brunching now. Okay. Dudes is brunching. Right. Brunch boots is a whole. Shout out to all the cappers at brunch. <laughs> See, <laughs> you know what? You just, you just couldn't help. You couldn't okay. resist. Good. I left you a rib shot and you took it. Yeah, all right. I mean, all listen, good. I mean, that good. was a layup. Come Brunching on. is universal. Okay. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I just never. Shit, yeah. brunch is like it's super lit for people like us because if you don't like to be out past like ten o'clock, that's dog. You go to a lit ass brunch. 
She'll be drunk as fuck yeah, by just, two o'clock. <laughs> yeah, I, now, yeah, and I've heard that. I've heard, you know, the bottomless mimosas. That's mm-hmm. like a thing. Below some For them, I never, for the, I never, the, I never got into the brunch thing. And then I think what turned me even further away from just that whole culture of like high class, like bougie nigga shit was dinner in Blanc, the white parties. Oh, when I found out yeah, how much a fucking yeah. jig that shit was, yeah. you got to bring your own picnic tables yep. and chairs. I've heard about and that. And your own food. Like, what's the point? Pay, like, what's the point? And I got to wear fucking white, looking like I'm going to the fucking Tom Joyner cruise. Or <laughs> I'm about to play with Frankie Beverly. Like, nigga, are you serious? I got to go through all this just to eat. Some fucking yeah no that, brunch that, ain't that, like that. that threw me off. That, Unless that you're in DC off. brunch, DC brunch is a different kind, different level of brunch. You absolutely right. That's I different. got homies in D Day. Yeah, it's... should their brunch be will last up to seven p.m.? You like damn dog, them <laughs> eggs, eggs ain't at seven. We doing this? Okay, French toast. When did you cook hurt. them eggs? <laughs> like, how long they been sitting? The food is. I highly, highly recommend. You get in on this brunchness. Okay, for real. I, yeah. I, might, I might fuck with yeah. one or two. And it, uh, it's like, you know, anytime you have bottomless drinks, and usually most of them have DJs now, that shit be like the club, but during the daytime, uh, and you ain't got to really dance, you can just sit at your table and eat and drink. Okay, it's so it's kind of like the Wash Nigga Club. Totally, okay, totally, but it's got a little younger vibe. It's like happy hour became my club time. Like happy really? hour is shit. What? <laughs> you go somewhere, <laughs> 4 p.m., I'll be there right when it starts. Now four, I was at 4 p.m.? Is it 4? 4 to 7. 4 to 7, okay. Now 4 okay. 5, now 4 to 10. Be yeah, there at 4. 4 4, okay. Drunk as fuck by 6. At home, in bed, normal meal, boom, 10 o'clock. 90 day fiance, and we right there on it. See, okay, I'm I, I, okay, you and might you can have shown me a life day. You can do, you can do Man, all that. Watch listen. Power, all that. I've never watched Power. I've never, I've never watched it's Power. It's so your show. I've, I've just, it's so I've your never, show. It was one of those shows that like I wanted to get, like I had stars like back in the day, and then. I canceled it just because I was never home to watch the shit. So I was like, oh, I don't need stars. But then Power came, and by the time, I think by the time I finally got into it, they were already like three seasons, and I was like, oh. You didn't want to start over? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm not. It's whatever. It's worth it. I, I mean, mean, if you are looking for a longer show to kind of commit to. Now, look, me and my husband, we committed to Game of Thrones, and we did it the last season. I've never season. seen Game of Thrones. My dude, wife was on Game of Thrones. Dude. I heard that last season was trash, though. It was, I heard but, that was but big the trash. rest of the seasons, completely like worth that. you going back and, and starting from the beginning. I just can't get into dragons and magical white people That wasn't my shit, shit either, but it's so much trifling shit that happens in this. Like, it's real good shit. Okay, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll get that if, Again, I, especially given you're on the road a lot, I'm sure you always need, like, a show. Yeah, something, yeah, yeah. Something, power... Game of Thrones. My show was Barry. That was my that was my oh, show. Oh, I for did me. like Barry. Dude, Barry was hard. I just never I never it. finished it though. Dude. I gotta finish it. Yeah, yeah not, I liked no, it. it. Like when I say the stakes go up, like I mean it, it got to the point where I don't know how the fuck they gonna start season three. The way season two ended, oh my God. That shit is hard body. That's just dope. Well my 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 other shit I just finished was you. Did you watch See, I didn't I didn't watch oh, it. I saw I just saw the reactions you? on Twitter. Woo. I was watching people watch you. You is like that. So is it is it a comedy? Is it romantic? Like what what is it? Is it It's like a dark comedy it's romantic. Dark comedy. So it's only like a stalker kind of some shit or? But he's a stalker you actually root for despite the fact he's a sociopath. Okay, uh, you got me. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm on you'll be here. so those are your TV recommendations to take back you, with you. Um, did you watch? Uh, God, what was the? What was in the movies. Um, did you see? Did you ever see Parasite yet? Did you see? That? I have not. I've heard oh that this is excellent because it's up for an Academy Award. Nothing is fucking with that movie. Yeah, Nothing everybody that says movie. that. That shit is hard body. Okay, that's hard. Um, nineteen seventeen. You saw that because I, I saw, saw you. That. I saw your review of it. Yeah, on it was Twitter. cool. It was. I mean, it's Saving Private Birdman. 
Like it's, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much. <laughs> private. That's pretty much what it All is. All right, I got I got movies to get on. You got TV shows okay. to get on. Okay, I, I'm sorry Look, for hijacking your interview. No, okay, no, you, you didn't hijack you it. You took it to a, a wonderful place, which makes it easier to get back to where we were before. I'm sorry, I had to bore you and make you talk about this music. It's just what it is. Okay, that's cool. just what you do for a living. It's your fucking fault. It is what that I you're do so for a living. <laughs> that you're so I'm good. I'm stuck at. doing this shit. You are so. <laughs> I think where we left off when we were talking about um, May the Lord Watch, yeah. the reaction that you got, was it even better than you expected? Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like I said, you just, whenever you take time out of the marketplace, even if you're working, you know, when you come back, you're, you're, you're starting over. And so, you know, it was a lot of times that people, the, the biggest lesson I learned through it just through my career, you can start in one direction and then you can branch out in all kinds of other different directions. But there's still going to be a big factor of subset of people that only know you for that. So it was a bunch of people that when we came out with Little Brother with the new record, they were like, oh, man, y'all back. Where y'all been? And we like, dude, I've been working nonstop for the past fucking decade. What the fuck you mean? So do you, you know? find that there's not a lot of cross-pollination between... Your little brother fans and your foreign exchange there's fans? There's not a lot. It, there, really? I mean, there is some. Yo, there's some. Listen, okay. I, I've seen it firsthand. I've been like on stage. There's not even a lot of cross-pollination between like my solo stuff. So like I can be at a FE show and if I want to do like a solo song off my record, like I'll do it and they'll be like, okay, cool. That was Now that get was back cute. to leave it all behind. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> right. And I was just like, oh, wow, ice cold, a tough crowd. But, you know, but that's, I think it just speaks to just how you know just kind of how fragmented the audience has become um with the way we consume music uh the way music just drops at just a, a rate that no one can keep up with and so you know people might know you with little brother but they may not know foreign exchange or your solo records or tigalero or sherman showcase or the stuff you did with zoe or the stuff you did for black dynamite or like just all the things that you know this the, the career i've been building if you ain't doing that one thing that they know, then you cease to exist. Now that is that is really fascinating to me because the the way I discovered you, one, I just asked Twitter to recommend some people I should listen to. This was <laughs> oh, wow. this was in two thousand and nine. Oh okay, shit! When okay, I this first the, joined, this OG Twitter. This all oh, right. Oh, wow. This old school, no holes barred, yeah, like pre Ferguson Twitter. Pre <laughs> <laughs> totally, Twitter was a different place then. A totally different place. Yeah, it was so, the best of times. Oh my it god, was the worst. Especially of times. Twitter after dark. Holy what? shit. Man, like listen, none of that shit could be said. Do you now. remember Deaf Greg? You remember the <laughs> deaf dude who was I respect females? Yes. Man, no, y'all don't want to get my Twitter. Y'all know about Y'all know nothing about that. Y'all know nothing about that. Y'all know nothing about that. Y'all know nothing about that damn I respect females. You don't know nothing about that. So I put it out there and multiple people said, you need to check out this group for an exchange, for an wow. exchange. Wow. And because it was some, it was multiple people, I was like, well, they must be something. So let me check them out. So the first album I downloaded was Leave, them all, Leave It All Behind. Wow, wow. And of course I was like, Where's this been all my life? This is the shit. Oh, man. Boom, boom, boom. But you. it made me go down the rabbit hole. That's why I said I'm surprised. So I was like, who the fuck is this Fonte cat? So then I started doing some other little research. I was like, oh, so he was in this group, little brother. All right, let me download all that shit. Oh, okay. So let me download all the foreign exchanges shit. So bro. it's like I went down the rabbit hole. And then, of course, 
when you released your your solo shit and Tigalero with with Arrow, Eric Roberson, yeah. which was great. Thank you Hold so much. My shit. Thank I, you. I love that fucking song. <laughs> oh wow! And, and, oh wow! Yeah, no, I'm in these crates, dog. I'm in these crates. Don't doubt my <laughs> no, fandom. No, no, I, I'm not doubting. I'm not doubting your knowledge. <laughs> mm. I, I'm surprised. Yeah, that, but see, that's something. I, just I went, think I roll and I roll with all the people that you roll with because wow. I downloaded Carmen shit. I downloaded. I got on Eric Roberson because of you. I downloaded oh, wow. all of his Thank shit. You, so man. it's like the tentacles. So I'm like, how would people just stop with the one thing? Man, that, I I think I think the fact that it was in 09 says a lot because it wasn't as that was kind of before right before you know music just became one big fucking algorithm <laughs> you know what I mean I think now people just kind of hear something they like it and you, you play it and it's just like okay you go to the next thing I don't know if there's that much of a deep dive anymore it's I don't harder know if to hold, have tuned. do you find it it's harder to hold people's attention I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's harder to hold people's attention. I think it's harder to it's harder to find your way into a person's life with your music because whenever people, you know, I don't buy the argument of oh well, people have short attention spans. Niggas done been sixty episodes of Game of Thrones. You know what I'm saying? So it's not that people have short attention spans. It's just that the way we consume music is different, and now you know music because it's all consumed just pretty much via our phones it's pretty much lost all context so now there's no such thing as old music or new music there's just music you know and music you don't if you play a song from you know foreign exchange and then it goes to the next song in just a playlist or it's songs generated that you may like based on this it could play foreign exchange and then it might play uh, Eric Benet song from 20 years ago next to that. So you have something that is quote unquote old next to something that is new, but it all exists in the same context. So in that way, age doesn't matter. It's just, oh, this is a cool new song I, I'm hearing for the first time. You don't even think stop to think how old it is. And so I don't really see a lot of that kind of deep diving anymore um, just because people are just so so inundated with, with choices. I, I find it, it's much harder for me to keep up with music. Now, a lot of it is that artists are releasing music at an astonishing rate. Yeah. Like, it's nothing for people to drop two albums in one year. Before, it used to be like, your favorite artist, you had to wait like three years, wait, yeah. three, four years. You'd be like, damn, I can't wait. But That's now, why I respect Kendrick. He's still on that. Kendrick, he's still... And like, I appreciate just, that. Yeah. Because it allows me to keep up with everything that he does. <laughs> right. My old ass. I'd be like, damn. I, one of my girls was clowning me because she was... Um, we were we were watching something and somehow the the artist the dream came up. Oh yeah, yeah. I've never heard this dude. Yeah, Terrius. My nigga yeah. fancy. Nigga, I know, that's the one. I, but I literally have never listened to any of his music. She was okay. like, This can't be possible. I was like, <laughs> I'm telling you, I've never heard him. I know I heard you, the I name. Mean, you had her rocking that shit. I mean, that was rocking that shit. I love your girl. I mean, so yeah. she started playing that. I was like, ain't never and you heard had never wow. Had never heard any of it. Wow. So I'm not in clubs like that. I'm not like and like you said, it's so easy despite so much music, you can wall yourself off for some shit and never hear it and no, not even know. Listen, there are people that I mean, the beauty about the game now is that you know, I can pull up on Spotify, whatever, and my like my, my homies be like, Yo, man, check out you heard a so and so. I'm like, Nah, well, check, check them out. He'll send me a link, I'll pull it up. And homie got like two million listeners, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, and I'm Who just the like, fuck is this? Yeah, I mean, it's so many ways, it just, it just shows that. It's, I mean, it's kind of become like porn almost in the sense that 
there's something for everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, you type in whatever it is you're looking for. And there it is. There's something there for you. You Use know what it. I mean? And so just like porn. People I love are just it. into their, they like what they like. And if you can appeal to just that market of people that like that, right. you good. <laughs> and that's all you got to do. That concludes part one of my conversation with Fonte. And part two is coming up this Thursday. But y'all know what's next. Fucking I'm bothered. Because I want to make sure my black people stay safe and alive, I have compiled a list of things that society has determined that black people just cannot do. Black folks have had the police called on them for golfing, barbecuing, waiting in Starbucks, standing in the lobby of their own apartment building, walking, eating, and hell, I'd be here all day if I listed all of it. But let's add to the list of things black people can't do uh, without creating fear in weak-ass racist people is stretching our legs during a road trip. After a swim meet, the Eastern Illinois University swim team stopped at a rest area where they had arranged to meet the parents of one of the members of the team before heading back to campus in Charleston, Illinois. Jalen Butler, a member of Eastern Illinois swim team, stepped off the bus to stretch his legs and take a selfie because that's what he and his teammates have been doing throughout this road trip. And as Jalen was taking that selfie, a line of police officers, and I do mean a line, came swarming in because his dad had like a lot of black parents had that talk with him about what to do if the police roll up on him. Jalen instantly dropped his phone and held his hands high in the air. Now, y'all know how this shit goes next. Despite being unarmed, with his hands up, the police threw him to the ground. An officer pressed a knee in his back. Another one pointed a shotgun at his head. And that same officer told him that if he moved, he'd, quote, blow his fucking head off. The bus driver and his coach frantically told these dumb racist ass officers they were making a mistake. The officers claimed they were told that Jalen had taken the bus hostage. They accused Jalen of resisting arrest, even though his coach and the bus driver said he never did that. They put him in the back of a squad car, patted him down, searched all his coat pockets. And this was after these pricks knew they had fucked up and didn't have the right person that they were allegedly looking for. Now, after they did all this, they uncuffed him, told him to get back on the bus. Of course, no apologies. The fucked up thing is that as bad as that was, it could have been way worse. Jalen could have been killed. And that's not hyperbole. That's the reality of having skin that's been weaponized in this country. You can be a great student, be the member of a collegiate swim team. You can be the most respectful, polite black person. You could come from a two-parent home, and it doesn't matter to the person who doesn't see you as human and intends to kill you. There is no right way for black people to handle a police encounter. There is no right way we should have to live our lives in order to be respected by the people who are paid to actually protect us. We shouldn't have to be perfect in order to have our dignity recognized. I hope that Jalen's white teammates, his white coach, and the white bus driver truly understand what they witnessed that night. I hope they get that being black in America means living in constant fear that somebody will decide your worthiness as a person could be gone in a split second. Because that is what they have been conditioned to fear. Stay unbothered.
Mel Hill is Unbothered is produced by Spotify Studios and Unbothered Inc. and recorded and edited by Rich Burner and Cadence 13. Ashley Van Horn is our head of talent. Evan Dick is our executive producer. And Denise Holly is the program manager. Our theme music is provided by Corey Greenleaf and Ben Darwish. You can find more from me on Twitter and Instagram at Jamel Hill. 